Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Plot Twist Design Business Podcast. My name is Kelly Collier. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Linda Hazlett of LH Designs. Stay tuned and let's get started. Hi, Linda. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Kelly. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you today? Okay. Just a little crazy day. I'm sure yours as well, but I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes. Thank you for being here and thanks for taking the time out of your schedule. I'm sure your days are really, really hectic. (laughs) 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 Okay. Um, So before we get started, I just want to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself and tell our listeners a little bit about, you know, your services and where you're located. Yeah, so I am the full owner of LH Designs. I'm an interior designer out in Los Angeles, California. I do full-blown new builds, ground-up construction, as well as major um, remodels and renovations, all the way down to decor and accessories as well. Um, And then I also do East Coast, like New York, Washington, D.C. area. Oh, wow. So you do travel as well. Yeah, I mean, I have clients here and there. Um, you know, right now I do virtual with different clients in different areas. Like I have a client in San Francisco. So um, we're doing that virtually. And then once it's really, really necessary for me to be there, then, um, you know, I go and check stuff out. Okay. All right. Awesome. Okay. So if you can share with us a little bit about also how your design journey began. Yeah, so my design journey began, I initially actually was in advertising and fashion design. And so, you know, um, 2008 hit and the market crashed and I was pretty burnt out from my job. And so, you know, I'd gotten laid off and I just was like, you know, I don't, I, I can't go back to doing that anymore. And of course, when the crash hits, what do you do? You go and buy a house so that's what I did (laughs) and um, so uh, it was suggested to me by you know a friend that I should maybe look into doing interior design because you know I got a new house and I started like having all these thoughts and ideas and dreams that I wanted to do and when they mentioned that to me I was just like you know I don't know about that you know I'm just like you know you want me to be a woman that just goes and gets like weird furniture that has like frilly things on them and like ugly flower patterns you know that's (laughs) not me (laughs) (laughs) um and I didn't know what a designer really did that's that's literally what I thought they were they were just old ladies that would get hideous rugs and stuff like that so um you know and they're just like well why don't you just research it and check it out so I did and then started checking out different schools and talked to different working designers and decided to go back to school and I loved it. So I went back to school at FITM downtown in LA and it was it was like amazing. And I totally focused on all the programs and everything there because I wanted to ensure that if I'm going for a second career, then I better, you know, really pay attention to some of the things that are up and coming for the future of this industry. Mm-hmm. So that sounds like it was definitely a pivot 
for you to change careers. Um, but it sounds like it was definitely worthwhile since you actually fell in love with it once you learned that, we, that you know, the industry was more than just frilly things and rugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Because yeah. you definitely considering all the services that you offer and you're on the side that we talk about the most being the most painful you mm -hmm. definitely took the bull by the horns mm -hmm. and yeah. so um, with that said how has your business been going um, out there where you are during this pandemic this year during this pandemic it has actually gone even more full force I thought when the pandemic hit, it was going to be like, okay, I'm going to get some time off. I can focus on my business, getting it more stronger and organized. I'll Marie Kondo some of my things in my closet. But my clients called and they were more, it was the opposite of that. They were basically like, we want to go full force. We need to finish out our projects. Um, and since everybody was staying at home, now people are seeing and being and working and hanging out more in their houses. I actually got more calls and more clients during the pandemic. So it's been very interesting um, and I'm very thankful, but you know, it's, it's been more busier and trickier, obviously with getting products and trying to make sure that projects get finished. So, mm -hmm. um, but it's been a very busy during the pandemic for me. Well, that's great to hear. It sounds like that's kind of a common theme um, in our industry right now. Yeah. So with that said, let's talk about construction. So mm -hmm. do all of your projects include construction for structural changes? Um, a lot of my projects do include constructural construction for con uh, sorry, sorry, construction for structural changes. So um, basically, I do a lot of either uh, new builds, um, ground ups and major renovations and remodels. So for me, um, I really take it so that I do a lot. I take a look at the plans and if there are issues, then, you know, I will redo the plans. I do full blown plans. And then if I need engineering, I have an engineer that can do that for me. Okay, so that's great. So it sounds like you do have a team of go to people. Um, so I know this is like the painful topic that some designers well, a lot of designers dread talking about. So <laughs> can you share what has been your biggest challenge in working with contractors or tradesmen? Yeah, so I mean, my biggest challenge in working with contractors are obviously working with contractors. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, they, and to a point, I also feel for them, I get it sometimes because, you know, clients also, unfortunately, a lot of them think, hey, I can do this myself. I don't need a designer. I'm just going to hire a contractor. I have some plans and then I'm going to do this and I can Google things and figure it out. Um, and contractors aren't there to hold clients' hands. They literally are there to read your plans, get the mm -hmm. subs there, and then do what the plan says, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And that's basically it. And they don't really manage a lot of the design and a lot of people don't realize that. And so they don't really care about that. And mm. on top of that, if you get a contractor, you better be ready to go, you know, because basically you hired them, they're ready to go. They want this project to go smoothly and go quickly. And most people don't are not ready to go. 
And so it causes a lot of problems with contractors. Um, and so then they'll just keep pushing and then they'll push people to get whatever fixtures or whatever things. And then the design is just down the toilet. And then people are like, oh, we just got this bathroom and it's clean. I've, I've heard that before. Like we did this remodel and and I was like, wow, is that what you want to hear once you spend all that money that it's okay, it's clean, you know? Okay. Right. That's great. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So, so yeah. So, yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like uh, one common theme I'm hearing too is that it's about the time management and then how they work, you know, with clients versus how we work with clients. Correct. Yeah. Time management for sure. That and, you know, contractors are not very organized when it comes to paperwork, um, picking up the phone. You know, you need to pick up the phone when they call you. But if you call them, like, you know, good luck. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so, you know, those things people don't realize, you know, it's especially if you're a person that works in a corporate world, mm -hmm. you a lot of people think that's how it's going to be in construction and it, it, it is not you have to throw that idea out the window because mm -hmm. they don't work that way so um so it's difficult and so time management is really important and that's what i offer and then making sure that design is done well and right and so you know at the end my clients are saying like okay yeah this is okay it was clean it was nice you know i was like yeah, okay. it's not what I want to hear. Yeah, so. the style of communication I have to um, agree with you on corporate versus um, construction world because I am still in corporate full time, and I must say, the first time I got an estimate, a bid was done on a job um, for one of my projects for the first time, mm -hmm. and one of my estimates came uh, via like a PayPal invoice, which I was like, okay, that's about, you know, normal. But then the second one was texted to me. And I think he probably wrote it on a ripped, a ripped yeah. piece of napkin. So yeah. oh my God. I just was like, is this a neck, a screenshot of a napkin? But okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that was like my crash course experience with this is definitely not corporate uh, communications, but okay. Exactly. <laughs> So, yep, that's pretty typical. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so um, do you have your own team of like study contractors that you work with for um, all of your projects now? Yeah, I definitely do have um, go to contractors and subs for my, you know, jobs. They know how I work, my style is, you know, and then also too, since I've gotten busier, they also know on my projects like oh linda's not gonna approve this you know mm -hmm. she's only gonna like it this way exactly so do it that way and that way when i come here i don't tell you you screwed up and then you have to redo this you know <laughs> mm -hmm. um so they know how i am you know which is great mm -hmm. and then you know um i have subs too where they're more specialized you know basically like I have a, a flooring guy and some people don't realize sometimes you need those specialized subs mm -hmm. and that's all he does is wood flooring and he does amazing flooring and he'll get you any kind of finish that you want and that's all he does you know same with like railings or you know you need those special subs and sometimes people don't get it they'll just be like oh well we can just get flooring we just you know and sometimes it's like you can't just go get flooring if that's the flooring you want you know mm -hmm. this is something specific 
specific and we need a specific really good sub or vendor for that. Okay, that makes sense. And I can agree with you as well on the part about having people who specialize in what they do because typically those people love what they do so they're going to be really good at it because they're it's a repetitive process as opposed to somebody who's a jack of all trades per se right exactly yeah so you know i definitely have flooring people electrical people you know av people i was with some av people today um my one client's the husband is super into like techie gadgets and i was like I know the vendor for you and he was really happy when he met with them today because they knew exactly all the things he was talking about and you know as a designer i don't know a lot of those technical things mm-hmm. but i was like i know the people that will know these technical things um, to make our design be great so um, and that's what's really important right and i love that you said that i want to just pinpoint that for a second because I think for um, newer interior designers, um, it's a little bit overwhelming when we don't know everything, right? About, mm-hmm. you know, about everything. And so right. I'm never afraid to say, I'm not sure, but I can find somebody out. You know, I can find somebody yeah. who knows. And I think that's good to hear you say that as someone who is seasoned, you know, that that it's okay to say that. So that brings it's a totally level okay. of comfort. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're not gonna know everything, and I mean, look, we live in a world with tons of technology that's changing by the minute. It's just too much to keep up with that. So, you know, as long as you say, "Hey, I am," you know, I know people who will definitely be able to get what you want done. I just can only go to a certain point. And that's what I told these clients. I was like, I can only go to a certain point because all these things you're starting to say to me is like on Charlie Brown when it's like, (laughs) I can't understand what you're saying, but Mm. I know the people that will know and they also know me and how I want this to look for you guys. So they're going to get it right. And, you know, they were really happy, especially the husband when they came that, yes, she knows who to go to. That's number one. That's very important. Mm -hmm. And two, these guys really did know what they were talking about. So I'm very happy that they were here. So, you know, that gives me some good brownie points there. That's good. And so now I know how you feel about using contractors that you are familiar with based on what you've already said. So my next question for you is, are you willing to and do you use a client's contractor if they already have somebody picked out for a job? Um, I do. If they already have signed on a contractor, which I don't recommend until people have at least um, the design down with a designer, namely me. (laughs) But if they already have it, I mean, I understand, you know, it's just a process trying to educate people why I don't prefer working with someone I don't know. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it also gives me, you know, opportunity to meet new vendors. I've met new vendors and subs that way who are really good. And obviously some that were really bad. Um, So you know, it's a, it's tough. And I tell clients off the bat that, Hey, I don't know these subs and I don't know this contractor. So my weight isn't going to be as important as it is if you use my subs and my contractors, because mm-hmm. that's going to be very different. And so if I say something to a sub, they might not listen to me. And that's because they don't know me. So you need to understand that. Mm-hmm. However, 
obviously if issues come up or if they try to get away with something and they have and I will be able to know and I'm going to stand there and or say it to their face which I've done many times and then they realize oh this girl isn't a flake she knows what she's talking about because I've been on many job sites so get it right so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and another thing I'm sensing too is that people will underestimate us because we are women and the majority of contractors obviously out here are men although there are some women who are contractors but i have yet to work with any would be nice um (laughs) i haven't worked with any yet either i've only met one woman contractor ever okay Yeah. yeah so i guess there's a thing where i've also it's funny because something just came to mind where I heard someone say they might get their GC license and they're a designer Um, and it probably would be good to do both but I guess in 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 most situations you know you got to kind of like pick a lane and stay in it in a sense not right not sure how that will work out trying to run both sides but um, it sounds like you are pretty aggressive and don't have a problem you know showing up and being heard so I think that's also something that we just have to remember sometimes we have to just prove ourselves a little bit which isn't it doesn't sound fair but it's just reality it is yeah it is reality it doesn't sound fair but like you said I mean I have a contractor now and we definitely don't get along Mm -hmm. Um, he's tried to pull some stuff and I've literally in front of clients been like Oh yeah, so that's really weird that your cabinet maker can't make a simple frame, but he's making all these custom cabinets. So you're telling me he can't make this frame to match these cabinets that he's making. That doesn't make any sense, you know? So all those things. And then he realized, hey, we can't just run over this girl. And it's like, yeah, you're not going to run over me. I know exactly all the things that you guys are doing. So, you know, Mm -hmm. that's not try to think of me as this meager little woman I'm here and I'm not I'm gonna like really rip you a new one if you're gonna screw up right so do you have a situation that you can share where maybe it was a horror story something that went really bad and how you can you share maybe something that happened and how you navigated to turn it around oh my god oh my gosh yeah (laughs) so many I mean I don't know I'm sure Uh, sorry that's okay (laughs) I'm sure people Um, want updates (laughs) 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 on a Friday night right (laughs) so I mean I guess one of the big things is um actually a project right now which is a major new build for a family of five and so I came into the project after they had done plans with their architect and they weren't happy with the plans and they weren't happy with the architect and the architect really bulldozed over them during the planning and I felt really bad for them, you know, so they wanted me to take a look at the plans and I said yeah this flow is really horrible you know and I can help you out and they said okay well let's see what you can do and so I gave them four different proposed plans that they really liked and so then I had to meet with the architect and the clients were there and it did not go very well 
but I, and he was not very happy and he was very rude and horrible. And I just stood there and said, you know, you can do and say whatever you want. But at the end of the day, the reason why I'm here is because the clients aren't happy with what you were doing. And that's why I'm here. And this is what they want. So you can either go this direction or I can take this and do it myself because I have a partner that can take this to the city. It's your choice. Mm, Okay. So, you know, um, those are some of the situations that happen. It's unfortunate. Um, it also happens with contractors, you know, contractors, I don't know. And so, you know, I have to step up and say some stuff. And then the ones that are smart realize, hey, this girl actually knows what she's doing. She's actually here to help out one, you know, have the clients not in their faces so they can get their jobs done correctly. And then two, also help out with like telling the subs what to do because they're not there to really tell them design-wise how to do things. But they also don't want their subs to constantly redo stuff. Although some contractors might because they want to upcharge stuff, but they really don't. So the smart ones, they see, hey, this girl is really beneficial for us. And then I start, then they start being nicer. And then, you know, they realize, hey, this is great. And then maybe we can do business with her and you know give me some referrals i could give them referrals and they can start on a small job and we can see how things go so you know but that's the industry like you said we're women unfortunately it's run by a lot of men so that means we just have to step up and be stronger and hopefully more of us do that because then eventually you know it won't be that way because basically i think it's like the majority of home ownership is actually done by women and most of it is single women, but yet mm-hmm. men are the ones that are constructing our homes that are not, you know, fit for us. So right. That's an interesting to, point. Yeah. So we need to be more in the industry. So then we make the spaces fit more for us because I mean, they're not making a lot of storage for us. They're not giving us good closet space. I mean, they're not giving us even a linen closet i mean it's just crazy the things that the men don't think of because Mm -hmm. they don't care about that stuff so we need to really be in the industry and more and more of us and then it'll change that's a good point because to be honest um my current home i don't have a linen closet in the hallway or in the main bathroom so I'm just like it it was it obviously was not a deal breaker no but I just was thinking in my head because I have a spare room in the middle room that I could use for that or whatever right it's just the just the point is why wouldn't you put a linen closet somewhere Mm -hmm. in a house in every house you know exactly I don't have a linen closet in my house and I want one so bad <laughs> like you know it's <laughs> yeah it would be so great annoying and <laughs> when I look at plans it's like crazy and drives me crazy like I'm telling you a woman in this house is going to want a linen closet they're going to want a bigger closet you know mm-hmm. guys make small closets they'll say it's a walk-in but really at the end of the day once the cabinetry goes into a closet I had to tell my one client the other day I was like this says walk-in but he didn't put the cabinetry in here so when the cabinetry is in here this isn't a walk-in anymore Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, and I was like, yeah. So I just wanted to give you a heads up because this is a very small closet for you and your master. 
Yeah. And then something else that just came to my mind uh, relative to this topic here is that I just participated in a walkthrough before a renovation started just to give some on the design side, some consulting advice. Mm -hmm. And two of the things I weighed in on really heavy was the position of the dishwasher in the kitchen. (laughs) And um, I was like, take it from me. I know where I would prefer to see a dishwasher. And then Mm -hmm. the second thing was the washer and dryer hookups being right behind the kitchen near Mm -hmm. the powder room, as opposed to being in the basement, because I hate going up and down the steps to do laundry. Yeah. So if we could just alleviate at least one flight of steps, that would be great. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Those little things really, Mm -hmm. people don't understand those little things really make a home, you know, a layout where these things go, even a switch. I mean, I was telling my clients the other day, I was like, you know, just FYI, because of where you put the switch in the pantry instead of putting it on the other side it takes away now from cabinetry because you can't go around into the cabinetry to turn the light on you know Mm. so there's so many things and people you know it's overwhelming to do Mm -hmm. construction and design and there's a lot of things to think about and architects have a lot to think about contractors have a lot to think about so then that's why a lot of these things get missed And it's important to have a designer who knows those things like, hey, yeah, you know, a cabinet's going to go here. Cabinets standard size are X, Y, and Z. You know, today Mm -hmm. I was talking with clients and they wanted to have, you know, um, a a ceiling mounted light. And they were like, we want a big one. We want something that's at least 36 inches wide. And I was like, you know, a flush mount ceiling light, that's not a standard size. So those things are really important because you can't just be like saying these things and it's great you know i could do it custom but if you don't want to pay for custom we need to pay attention to like standard sizes and what is going to fit correctly in the space and right mm-hmm. layout so um but yeah you know going through walkthroughs and i will even in my head when i do a plan mm-hmm. think in my head how is a person going to walk in here? How are they going to put their, take their shoes off? Where are they going to sit? You know, where are they Mm going to put their keys once they walk in? You know, what do they want to look at? What are they going to see first? All those things, that's really important. Right. And it sounds to me also that I should put it out here for anyone in construction or future clients that are going to be getting um, contractor work done if you don't want to bring in a designer to do the full-on design it's still a value to bring us in for consulting in the beginning even if it's just like consulting advice i mean if you i don't know if you ever do that or if you offer that but i certainly would because it's it's a consultant part and you know it is still a value i think that it would add to people getting work done and i think people underestimate the value in it yeah i mean it's definitely a value to do at least consulting like you said do a walkthrough and something like that i don't personally do that only because i just know i'll go through a walkthrough and start ripping everything apart and it'll be a disaster (laughs) they'll be like get out now thanks (laughs) it's really hard you don't understand it's really hard when i see bad plans or when i do a walkthrough and i'll literally be like why is this wall here i mean you could have this storage and you could have this pantry you you know and like why why not have more there's like this lighting is inadequate we need to do that it's really really hard for me so um, (laughs) so but it is a value for sure um you know i even told a prospective client the other day 
you know, it's worth having a designer and I know it seems expensive, but what's more expensive is when you have to pay for a 60 or $75,000 mistake. And that's wow. worth like to me, I would rather have a designer so I don't have to pay for those big mistakes. And people don't realize that, you know, they mm -hmm. will do this by themselves with a contractor and then they design as they go. And then they realize, Hey, this contractor isn't doing what I thought I was going to do. And they start having to redo things a couple of times to get it right. And the contractor's not going to do that for free. So they're going to charge you. And mm -hmm. that's a lot of money that, why would you want to get charged when you have a designer they go through planning you discuss it with them they figure out measurements you look at elevations you pick out materials to see how they all get laid out and then you know the mistakes are minimized for sure mm -hmm. so yeah and so speaking of which i want to i do want to just shift gears a little bit and talk about the design fee versus contractor fee and I'll just preface this by sharing what I'm typically asked a lot now, mm -hmm. just two years in, um, just a little under two years into the industry, and then um, ask you, you know, what you can share or shed some light on. But a lot of, a few times I've been asked this year, do I invoice my clients with the contractor uh, fee built in or do we invoice separate? And for me, um, I've only had a couple of times where I had a contractor on a project. So each time I had the contractor's bid and then I made a decision with along with the client on who was going to do the work. And then I let them invoice separately. And my, I think for me, I felt like it took some of it took. Well, it took all of the responsibility from under my company and just solely put it under the contractor. Although, of course, the client is still going to look at us as we're one and the same. But how did you like i don't know if you started off doing it one way and do it different now but what would you recommend and if you can share how do you recommend doing that yeah i mean i do exactly the same you know i will get the contractor's bids and i will take a look at them but i have clients pay them and sub separately because you know they have licenses and they're insured um for construction mm -hmm. and so that's their responsibility and therefore the clients should pay them directly. So if there are any super major issues, you know, the blame is going to fall on the licensed contractor, which it should. They're also getting huger checks than us. So we should not mm -hmm. be responsible for things like that. Um, so, you know, that's exactly how I do it. I get paid separately and then the contractor gets his own check and he has his own pay schedule. And then it's up to him, his responsibility to do it. The one service I will do for contractors um, because and or subs, like you said, um, sometimes they will write their, you know, invoice on a napkin and send you a picture. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so the one thing I will do is with subs and some of the contractors, because I personally am like, this is so unprofessional, but they don't see it that way. They just want to get paid. Right. So I will, right. since I know their schedule, since I have the bid list, I'll do the invoice. So then it's like now the clients feel more, you know, at ease getting at least something that looks professional and it's just mm -hmm. a simple Excel chart, like, Hey, you know, uh, they did flooring, so now you got to pay, and this is the amount, and there you go. They just feel so much comfortable, and then everyone is mm -hmm. on the same page. And then you, all, I also have a document of that that it got paid, so there I know 
okay, you got paid, so there should be no issues. And I don't want to hear like any back and forth and all this stuff. Like, I know you got paid. I gave him an invoice and here's the check and that's it, you know, so. I like that. Yeah. And that is a good way, like you said, the, that you get to still track their payment schedule. Too, yeah, in a sense. exactly. So then that way and, you know, and same with like subs, like subs the same way, you know, subs are guys who are basically you know on the job and they're all dirty so they're not going to be coming home and like doing an excel chart on their computer and figuring out stuff no they're going to do exactly what you said they're going to send you a text message with a napkin saying this is what's owed to me so Mm -hmm. i just figured this will just help out and make clients feel at ease and then that way payments are more faster because I noticed that pe- right. people didn't feel easy when they would get weird text messages like, hey, this is due, you know? So right. then they'd be like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. here's the invoice. And then they would pay and then things keep going. So, and then like you said, okay. I know what's going on and when and who got paid. So then there should be no issues. And I don't want to hear it from a sub or a contractor. Now, out of curiosity, one more question on this topic is, what about for smaller tradesmen? For example, a wallpaper installer or a painter that you're bringing in, do you just use the client's budget money to pay them mm-hmm. or do you still totally let the client pay them separately as well? Um, for like a wallpaper vendor or like, you know, um, small like paint jobs or something very specific, I'll have them Mm -hmm. pay through me because, you know, some of the vendors like that, for instance, like my wallpaper vendor, and this was actually told to me when I was in school, they were like, if you have a good vendor, do not give them out because obviously if you give them out, then everyone's using them and then you'll never get to use them. So, so I was like, okay, I get that. And I won't do that with my wallpaper vendor. So, you know, so little things like that is okay, but big things, obviously, mm-hmm. structural wise, mm-hmm. you know, um, and okay. paint jobs, it just depends. Like some of my painters, I know like, okay, I'm just gonna do this because one, like I just said about billing, like they're so unprofessional, but they're good and fast mm-hmm. at painting. So I'm just gonna do this myself. Um, but other mm-hmm. crews, it's different. And so, you know, it just depends on the job. Right. I think that's, I'm glad I asked that because it lets me know I am doing something else, yeah. right? Because I do, I do it that way as well with the painter and wallpaper situations. Um, but what, what kind of got me in a pinch, I felt a little awkward once when my painter was at a client's house and then next thing you know, they asked him if he could come back and do something else unrelated to our project. And I felt like in the future, you know, it kind of it kind of puts you on a spot because you don't necessarily want to take business away from your go-to person. Right. But also it kind of, it just gets sticky because now in the future, your painters now their painter right. and it shouldn't be like that right. yeah. so <laughs> try to control things as best as possible but I definitely don't want clients reaching out to the wallpaper installer and the painter without you know going through yeah. us it's not supposed to work that way yeah so, and like those um, vendors should know like hey if you get approached by a client you know please just direct them to me obviously I'm not gonna not give you business but you know obviously who do they care more? A designer that's going to give them 20 projects or just this one person, you know? Makes sense. That's a great point. So it makes sense. So the loyalty really should lie with yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. Not, 
said client. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Exactly. <laughs> so um, one thing you mentioned to me, I've heard you mention it in the past, but I, I heard you mention it again today. So I want to ask if you could just elaborate mm-hmm. on it was the bid sheet. So just so people know who may be newer to the industry, what 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 does that consist of a bid sheet? Yeah. So when I have a project and they're at the beginning stages and they haven't gotten a sub or a contractor yet, I will do a bid sheet. And so basically what that will do is lie out more information that w- than what's in a plan. Um, people don't realize that when you get an actual plan that is sent through to the city, it's just, you know, basically a 2D plan. And there's a lot of things that aren't said in those 2D plans, such as, you know, it might have a door schedule, but it might not say these doors are going to be curved. It, you know, it doesn't say, hey, the drywall needs to be skim coated or have a texture on it. It doesn't say, you know, these are the types of lights that are going to be in there and how many switches are going to be in there. And if these are going to be dimmer switches or three way or uh, dimmer switches or non dimmer switches. So there's a lot of things that are not said in a plan and people don't realize that. So I will Mm -hmm. go room by room and I will type out and write out a lot of specifics that's that's going in there, you know. Um, Plans can also be confusing. There's a lot of information that is on a plan. And so I'll be like, you know, basically you need to put in two sinks in here and the sinks are going to be undermounted. But it could also be different Mm -hmm. if you have basically a wall mounted faucet compared to a deck mounted. They need to know that because it's going to be different in pricing. Just similar like a wall toilet, like if I'm doing a bathroom, I'll say, hey, we already picked out the toilet. It's wall mounted as opposed to floor mounted. And that tells them a lot because then it says to them, they have to price it differently because they have to do a lot more different work around that. So a bid sheet is going to tell them a lot more of details, what is going into the project. And that way people get a more hard number in their, in their estimates back from contractors. And that's what I want people to get because, you know, people will go to a contractor and be like, I want to do my bathroom. How much is this going to cost? Well, it could cost, $5,000. It could also cost a million dollars. He doesn't know Mm -hmm. because he has no idea what materials they're going to pick. What are the specs of the fixtures you're picking? You know, there's so many variables that they don't know. And I want that taken out so they can, so we get a hard number and know what we're getting into. Okay. I love that. I'm definitely adding that to my (laughs) list to do later. (laughs) So hopefully a lot of other people listening will, because I think that's really, really good for being detail oriented. And I think is it makes sense because instead of getting some rounded off, like you said, estimate is now it's more thought put into, do you need to relocate these pipes for this type exactly. of sink, which is something I recently had to do and felt the brunt right. of it. So yeah, because <laughs> okay. there's different, yeah. there's just um, too many variables, so, too many things. So you know, yeah. and you just don't want to get caught off guard. And it also helps people understand too, who have an idea of their budget. I mean, one client, one time, you know, they wanted to redo their master bathroom. We went through the planning, their budget was 65,000. And then when we got to the end, it was 125,000. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that's a very big difference in 
what they thought their budget was going to be and where it ended up. And when we went through planning and then they saw the pricing of the things that they really, really wanted. And I was like, yeah, you know, we can get something less, but they didn't like the less. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> right, yeah. less. And, and so, yet, this is the one daunting conversation besides contractors right. and budgets. <laughs> so, so I was like, now you see, so, you know, your choices are getting the less, what you hate, or you have to pay more. I mean, there's no getting around it, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so um, just pivoting topics a little bit here. I want to see if you can share what your aesthetic style is in design. So my aesthetic style is warm, contemporary, casual. Um, you know, I like things to be very, you know, clean lines but with like some curves to bring in warmth and you know since I'm out in California and it's always sunny so you know kind of like a coastal vibe with that as well okay that sounds nice and makes sense and so uh, before we conclude I have one last question to ask if you can share what advice you would give to somebody new, you know, just getting ready to start in the industry or someone newer in the industry? You know, I would say absorb as much as you possibly can. You know, if you're starting out in the industry, I know it's really hard because basically, you know, you're just trying to get a project and then you're going to be running around and you're going to be, you know, obviously your time is going to be taken up. But at the same time, learn from it. I, you know, at the very beginning of my career in design and construction, I would literally just hang out with the subs and contractors to learn what they're, you know, what they have to go through and learn more about their trades. So then that makes me a better designer. And that would take up a lot of my hours and time, but it was worth it because now I can stand my ground on a lot of these big projects and, you know, things aren't going to just fly over me like I'm an idiot. So, and a lot of the subs really respect me because, you know, I'll walk into the room and I love it when they say this, I'll walk into the room and then they'll be like, oh, oh, the boss is here. Not their contractor, not the contractor (laughs) that hired them. And I don't even know them sometimes. And they're like, the boss is here. So we'll get our questions asked. And then they run over to me. And then they're like, okay, we need, you know, to know X, Y, and Z now, and I'll spit it out really fast. And then they're comfortable and then they go and do their job and they're very happy about that. So, um, mm-hmm. so just absorb as much as possible and you're going to, you're going to fail and you're going to, you know, screw up, but just learn from your screw ups. You know, I, I remember one of my big jobs, um, at the end of it, I didn't get to shoot it and I was really upset about that, but I cried for five minutes and then I said to myself, you know what, this just showed me that I can do a big project and now I'm ready. So I don't care because I'm going to get more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't. And I think a lot of times we learn from our mistakes, of course, but we learn better from other people's mistakes. So I like the fact that you said you spent time observing and kind of shadowing and things like that and I've done a lot of that in my corporate career but haven't had time to really do a whole lot of that in the industry yet so um I plan yeah. on it but I just don't know what I'm going to figure right. out <laughs> when yeah. to do it but um yeah and a lot of times I will also try to be there the day the contractor is going to do some things so I can 
weigh in and if a client's having work done this recently happened i will ask them to give me you know make sure their contractor reaches out to me before they do the work if it was a rendering provided for wall moldings even if something simple yeah. as wall moldings it can change exactly. or get messed up yes. <laughs> and, and it has so it's just like so yeah i appreciate that advice and transparency because failing forward is yeah. a real thing so like you said if you do fail at something you definitely most likely won't make those same exactly. mistakes again because <laughs> yeah, teach it'll, us. Teach you and it'll make so, you a stronger um, designer and then it'll make you ready for when the bigger harder stuff come because they'll come and so you'll be ready yes. for it yes so i want to say thank you if you can't think of anything else i think we covered yeah. a lot um this topic we could talk yeah so many stories yes. for sure so. yes yes but i think we we covered a lot and i think this was really helpful um the information that you did share so i want to just say thank you again for yeah. coming on and taking time out of your busy well, schedule thank you for having me and i'm looking forward oh you're welcome i look forward to yes for again sure soon. anytime okay you too. take care Bye. Thanks. Bye.